0: sometimes. Is it working? No. Look at chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it's sake. Beware of God, beware of evil workers, beware of concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh he have whereof, he might trust it in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, of touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is in the law, of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after, that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count by my, my myself to have apprehended this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank You. Lord, to live by faith, to know and do Your will, Father, is a tremendous blessing. Lord, it's just not the law. It's not just keeping the rules, but listening and following You obeying your voice. Father, we thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to lead and to guide, to teach. Father, that you've given us the church and where we can become a part of the body. Lord, we thank you for that. The body of Christ is in this local assembly, and the Father, that you are over this church. We ask, Father, that you would lead us not just as individuals, but as a body. Father, we thank you for what you want to do and what you can be accomplished. Give us a vision for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're in your your Bible, we're going to start and we're going to look back because what he did is he is basically gave them what that high calling is. And he, and, he, and he warned them in the text that we read, beware. <clears throat> what does it mean by beware? Look around. There's something that may distract you. You mentioned to them as evil workers. Beware of concision. This is not from outside the church. It can be from within the church. So the pattern that God gives us is Christ. A lot of times the pattern that we follow is what has gone on before us. Who, who is the individual that's most influential in your life? And that effect upon your life may hinder you. Paul says, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. We want to be the best example of what God wants us to be. But he uses the word press. And the word press is in the English... Uh, I, I put it in Spanish as well. I hope it's close to what it means in the English. To urge, to strain in motion, to urge forward with force. Sometimes, if you don't understand that, it can be misunderstood. Sometimes I have, now that I have the liberty to be away from work and I can be focused on the church, I, 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 sometimes I can't sleep. I get up in the morning and I and I'm thinking, what can God want me to get done today? What is God's will today? And we'll start my devotion. I know he wants me to pray for everybody, and I know he wants me to get his mind and get his heart. And God, what do you want me to do? You know that urge and that pressing isn't something new. You look in your Bibles, if you'll turn to your Bibles in 2 Peter chapter number one. 2 Peter chapter number 1. There's a term, and if you've been in the church for a while, I preached on this, that is given the same, almost the same values that you see in the word press. If you're in 2 Peter, you look in verse number 9. He says, according as his divine power is given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. That has called us. Now listen to these two terms: to glory and to virtue. Those two terms are very, very important because they're also in this book of Philippians. This idea of pressing and virtue are very, very similar. The word virtue is from the word "vero," vir- vir- or to, or, or it is "rope." The radical sense is strength from straining. and we think of somebody that has virtue. You know, a virtuous woman. We see in the book of Proverbs. You know, we, we have said, well, I hope I have, a, I marry a virtuous wife or that you as a wife want to be a, a virtuous woman. You know, that doesn't come without a lot of effort. If you think you're going to be a virtuous, somehow it's in your DNA that you're going to be a virtuous woman. Listen, it doesn't come without a lot of straining and and effort. But it's the same thing is true not just for the role of a a good wife. That's for every Christian. To press is the same idea here that the radical sense is strength from straining and stretching and extending. And that's the primary sense of the word virtue. That means somebody that says, I know what I'm supposed to be. I know what I'm supposed to do. We... uh, Watch, don't watch many movies, but there's a more of a documentary than a movie, and it was called. Uh, I can't remember the lady's first name was Grandy, I think, the name. but she's the lady that had autism, the autistic, and it shows in this documentary shows her mother, and of course it's put into a film. It shows her mother and the effort that her mother put in to producing an autistic child that the doctor said would never speak. At the end of the movie, this lady is well known all over the world and speaks on autism. She has her doctorate degree. So the idea there, it just didn't happen. It's because somebody was put some effort and energy into making this happen. If you could take your Bibles and if you're in 2 Peter You'll look also down, and a little farther down, you'll see 2 Peter, I'm sorry, the very first part there. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. He says, besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. So the very first thing, and you go down this litany of things that he says to add to your faith, what is the very first thing you've got to add to your faith? Virtue. That means that we as a church, or you as an individual, are never, ever going to get to the place you need to be unless you don't put some real effort into it. You're never going to be the praying Christian that you need to be unless you say, God, teach me to pray. That's what the disciples asked Jesus. You want to be a soul winner. It's never going to happen. It's just not going to, one day you're going to say, well, I'm interested in souls. No, you're going to say, "Wow, how can I strain and stretch to be a soul? I've been looking forward to Father's Day. I know that's a long way off. Mother's Day is first, but you know what? I think what I see is not only good moms, any good dads. And I'm looking at the issues sometimes families have, and it always, always. Yeah, there may be issues with your kids, or issues maybe with the, uh, the, the, the better half, but usually everything rises and falls upon leadership. And I'm looking at this, uh, I don't know whether you watched Courageous, but they made up this resolution, and this guy studied through, and he found all these things, what a good father should be. And there was a resolve. <laughs> there ought to be that kind of mindset, not just with fathering and mothering, it ought to be that with an idea of what is a good Christian. That means there needs to be some effort put into it. Some people, if I'd if I make that resolution up and I'd say, Hey, Dad, are you serious? And you'd make a resolution before the church as a father and say, This is what I'm going to need, a, what I resolve to do, and I want you as my brothers and sisters in the Lord Hold me accountable to that. Ask me how I'm doing on those resolutions that I made before the church. Because if a person really wants something to happen, they're going to put themselves in such a place that they're going to allow themselves to be scrutinized by anybody and everybody because I want to be, I want God to work in my life. I want him to accomplish what he wills in, his, in my life. The high calling of God. Let's look at some of the things in the book of Philippians, chapter number 1, verses 17 and 18. These are things that Paul had already written in this letter to reach the high calling of God. Chapter 1 and verse 17 and 18, the Bible says, But other love knowing that, I'm sorry, verse 16, One preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing add afflictions to my bonds but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or truth, what? Christ is preached, And therein do I rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. If you'll remember what we read at the beginning when I started this chapter 3 and verse finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord well part of that rejoicing is that, that that pressing toward the mark and saying listen, one of the first things that falls away maybe I'll back up a little bit the first thing that usually falls away is praying reading your Bible then what next falls away is getting out the gospel telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ, you say why? Because what we get from the Word of God is a passion for the things of God. We not just know the things of God, we have a passion for the things of God. When He says He's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance, that's out of the same book that we're reading. Out of Peter, I'm sorry. That we've read already this morning. There ought to be a burden in your heart. The idea being that it says there... but. What every whether in preachings or truth Christ is preached. He said, listen, he says he says, even if it's not for the right motive, it's it's probably a good thing. Christ is preached. It's brought up. It's something that we think about. It's something that we talk about. It's something that's top on the list in our lives. Romans chapter number one, if we turn to verse thirteen, says Now I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. That oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was led, led hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Verse number 14 of chapter number 1 of Romans. I'm a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarian, both to the wise and to the unwise. Romans 15. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also ask you is that your spirit? Is that your heart? Is that the high calling that you feel in your life? The Bible says in verse 17 for therein is the righteousness of God revealed what? Faith to faith of course we know this term that's often used, the just shall live by what? Faith it takes faith to reach that high calling. You say, like, to be a consistent and faithful Christian, and I'm just not left here to kind of pay the bills and, and, and try to be the best Christian and at Garfield Ridge Baptist Church. No, I'm to extend that opportunity for others. It's sad, it really is, when that extension doesn't even lead your own children the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this. Uh, you might be wrong, but I believe a person that lives by faith in their home, doing the will of God, that's the top priority in their life. I believe without very little preaching to your children, the gospel. I believe they want to know Christ as their Savior in their early You wouldn't have to directly say, hey, you know you're a sinner. You know you need to repent. You know you need to turn. You know the way you're behaving isn't of Christ. I believe that a child living in a Christian home, you know, when you think about it, you might think this is a stretch, but doesn't Christ live in us? Right? Doesn't Christ live in us? The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died. And if if Christ lives in us and they called us Christians because they called us little Christ, how would you think it'd be like living with little Jesus? Mom and dad are following God. It's like living with Christ. Because God's will and God's name is honored and glorified in everything in the home. High calling is not only to preach, but it's to magnify God. Take your Bibles and turn and look in verse number 20. He says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as also always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Christ shall be magnified. means that your life is God-honored. The people think of you, they, 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 they watch what they say around you. You ever been like that? Oh, let's say, I'm sorry. You know, something will slip out. Oh, I'm sorry. You say, why? Because they know that you magnify God. That his name, his word, his will is honored in your life. Paul's earnest expectation and my hope. Is that your earnest expectation and hope? Is it honored by what you listen to on the radio? Is God magnified by what you watch on that little smartphone that you have? Those videos that you take pleasure in. Is God honored in that? Magnified in that? is what you do in your spare time. Some say, I don't have any spare time. We all got spare time. We find things to do. We really want to do something, we find a way to do it, right? Is God magnified in that? Is somehow that's a part of the will of God, even the things that you find to do in that extra time? Look in Romans chapter number 6, if you will. Romans chapter number six. I'm going to look at a couple of verses in this book, in this chapter. It says in verse ten, for in that he died, he died unto sin once; but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. He died unto sin once, then in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, big word, isn't it? Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And let not sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But what's the Bible say? Read it with me. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Are you magnifying God? Before we leave this chapter, look at verse 19. He says, I speak. After the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and iniquity and iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto what? Holiness. What's another word for holiness? Sanctified. I've talked about this before, but remember, sanctification is the idea of singular purpose. They used to call that this isn't the sanctuary. Some churches call it the sanctuary. You know what that means? The reason they say it is because they believe it. Sanctuary is where they thought where God dwells. Where is where God dwells? Thank you. Right here. He dwells within. So you allow anything unholy. Think about the Holy of Holies. Nobody could go in there. I mean, they had to do all these washings, and they had to do all these sacrifices, and and they had to do everything just right because they were entering into the Holy of Holies. A lot of good verses, folks. I'm going to go out to more verses high calling of God not only to magnify but to be Christ minded that's so important if anything I remember out of the book of Philippians is Christ minded you know one of the amazing things you know we there's a lot of things we can be proud about sometimes girls get proud about their looks you know Sometimes guys get proud about their prowess, you know, their knowledge of certain things, maybe sports, maybe their abilities, uh, maybe they're a wonderful, uh, I don't know, whatever men get proud about. It's, it's a multitude of things. But the idea is you look at the book of Philippians, we are to be Christ-minded. You'll see down in verse number three, it says, let nothing be done through strife or what? What is vainglory? Look at me. Alright? Look at me. Look at what I can do. Or look what I've done. <laughs> Aren't I a great guy? Ain't I? Man, look at my home. Look at my kids. Look at whatever. Listen. That's vain. When we think about... Christ mindedness we want to what was the last point we had we want to magnify God any good thing that's happened how'd it happen (laughs) Christ in you Jesus did it accomplished it but notice what he says but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better than themselves that is a big deal that means you may have qualities that far exceed everybody else in this church, but God says if you're going to be Christ-mindedness, you're going to be vain glory, you're going to say, wow, how can I use what God's going to be a blessing to somebody else? How can I do that I won't cause somebody to somehow feel that they don't, they're don't short, they shorted, on this, uh, come out on the short end of the stick that you can downplay to a degree your blessings and your gifts? You know, the church today suffers maybe more of this than other churches than this one. But people would lift themselves up by their gift. <laughs> wow, I'm I somebody because I can do this or that or the other. Verse 2. Look, not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 5. You're in the book of Philippians chapter 2. What does verse 5 say it together? Let this mind be in what? You, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In, in other words, another way to say that, even though He was God manifest in the flesh, and he had no problems in letting the Pharisees, letting them know that he was the Son of God. He didn't exalt himself. That means he didn't use vain glory. Even our Lord didn't use vain glory. He didn't feel he didn't he didn't try to hide that he was the Son of God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He thought, listen, they need to know I'm part of the Triune God. But what does the Bible say? Verse number 6. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a what? Where is the best illustration of that? Somebody give me an example. You remember in the Scripture. Washing of the disciples' feet. I remember watching that courageous and that little girl come into the room, talk to her mother, and she had her mother had her shoes on. I don't know if the disciples' feet got like that or not, but they didn't have foot powder either. And they, they walked on dirty, dusty roads, and, and, uh, and I'm sure that somehow, you know, today, I worked at the airport, when I worked there, why some cultures don't believe in the odor. They don't. <laughs> and that doesn't bother them at all. We send people through that body scanner, and it's a little room. It's a little. How many have been through a body scanner at the airport? Nobody. No, no world traveler. All right. Well, yeah, one back It's a little circular thing, and it has a little thing uh, trons that are in there that sends radio waves out. And so it's a little place. It's just probably just big enough. You maybe two, three people could get in there. You're really squeezed like a phone booth. Boy, when they'd leave, <laughs> the next person would come in, and they go. <laughs> and we we have uh, some deodorizer we'd spray it in and then we found out we couldn't spray Lysol in there because it would put things on our screen that weren't there. But what am I saying? I'm saying to you and you and me that you know there ought to be this idea <clears throat> that we're going to be servants, even if it comes down to worsening somebody's. Even if it isn't that pleasant of job, you're gonna take pleasure in being like who? Christ minded. I'm gonna be like Jesus. I wanna be like Jesus. I desire to I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch and strain and press and put some effort into it. A lot of verses. One of the biggest things if I can leave you with this point, it stands in the way of being Christ-like. Anybody got one idea, one, one virtue, that if you could get this virtue down, you'd, you'd be well on your way to being Christ-like? Yeah. Thank you. If you could somehow work on the idea of humility, Humility puts you second place every time. Third place. Last place. But if you've got an ounce of pride, where are you going to be? You're going to be right on top. It's your feelings that are most important to you. Your day that's most important to you. You know, real humility puts, lays aside your agenda. And say, I'll figure out how to get it done. I need to get this done. I need, But you know what? I'm going to put this need of this person above my own. But it takes humility. The high calling of God is to do the will of God. How many remember the Lord's Prayer? Can you say it with me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What? Thy will be done. Right in the beginning. This is a model prayer that says at the top of my agenda I'm going to find God's will. That means I'm going to spend some time in the Word of God. God gives you, listen, God doesn't give you a laundry list of things to do when you get saved. He gives you just enough information that you need for that day. I'm glad He doesn't give you everything. Can you imagine if God says, well, okay, Zach, you're going to be a preacher, you're going to be a great. you're going to be just like D.L. Moody. You're going to build a great church. And uh, But today, I just want you to obey mom and dad. You no, know, God gives you what you need to know today. Kids, what do you think the main priority that you have as a parent is? Come on. What do you think your main job is? It's in the commandments. Yes? Obeying your parents. You know, if you could get that right, you get that down to a T and you get that with respect and you get that with honor, guess what? You're well on your way to being the best Christian in possibly Because you understand authority. Philippians chapter two, look at verse number eleven with me. <clears throat> Verse number eleven. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Verse number twelve. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye not always obeyed, not in my presence, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why do you think he put that little phrase in there, while in my presence? Everything about that? Why, Paul's here. We've got to be busy doing what we're supposed to be doing, right? It ought to be that you're interested in the will of God, not in the presence of other Christians, not in the presence of your pastor, not in the presence of your wife or your husband or your mom and dad, but you're interested in the will of God 24-7. Verse 13, I'd like for us to read this one together. For it is what? God that worketh in you both to will, right? It's God that works in you to desire to do His will and of His good pleasure. The desire. Some of us don't have a desire. But listen, the high calling of God is to reach the place where your motivation isn't because the patch is up here uh, saying you need to show up at a certain time to be a part of what we're doing. You're already motivated. Instead of me coming to you and say, uh, hey, you know, I need you for this or this or that and the other, you know what uh, somebody that's motivated by God would be doing? Pastor, I've got some free time this week. Um, I'm Really, I'm, set, I'm trying to set aside some time for the Lord and, and the church. And uh, uh, Is there something I can do? Right? Well, that makes sense. I, I I remember t- uh, I, I I think I was taught the kids this is when you're done don't just go off and play what was you supposed to do huh no <laughs> no not when you was growing up <laughs> if I gave you a task I said go get this what was after that, that? What, what was you supposed to do after yeah they come back is there anything else you want me to do. I didn't have anything else for you (laughs) to do. Those days are over, son. You're on your own, man. You're on your own. If you want something to do, I got things to do. Heaven knows I got plenty of things to do. So he says, work out your own salvation. Work it out. There's so many things. Listen, there's, God says, listen, find God's will and do it. So the idea of being there, take your Bible and turn it to the book of John, chapter number 6. John, chapter number 6. This is the Lord speaking, I believe. John, chapter number 6. And verse 27. Chapter 6 and verse number 27. It says, labor not, For the meat, or the food which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Verse number 28, Then said they unto Him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Verse 29, Jesus said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on Him whom He has sent. I believe that's not just for the idea of salvation. But you're believing that the Bible verse that says, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. You think about it, what what things are, are really of eternal value in your life? What are they? What are you doing for the Lord? What are you doing? What are you accomplishing in His will that's going to have an eternal weight of value? We've got the portrait Sunday. I don't know about you, but I believe that's the will of God. I believe in all my heart that handing out these little uh, things to individuals in your neighborhood, placing in some place, is part of the will of God. Ask yourself the question, is this of eternal value? Well, it's just a portrait, Pastor. I just going to take a picture of people in front of the church when they're Sunday best with their family. How do you conclude that to be the will of God? How about if some of those people come and don't know Christ as their Savior and they get to hear the gospel? And how about it if they hear the gospel and they and they respond to it? How about if they don't hear and don't respond? It isn't still the will of God. See. <clears throat> a high call what I'm trying to do and I don't know whether I'm getting the message across I want you to elevate the things that you already know and I haven't said anything to you this morning you don't already know I want you to take the priority of where those things are in your life and move it up don't just put it somewhere near the top put it on the top Say to God, God, there's so much other stuff that I'm doing that has nothing to do with eternity. And some of you say, boy, I'm just kind of in, in a horse race with all these other things. I don't really have a choice. Well, Maybe you make some bad decisions along the way. Maybe you need to reiterate, that well, the goal is here and somehow I'm not able to do it now, but the goal is right there and I'm going to press toward that mark. like the kids. I don't remember which one it was, but getting ready for supper or something. Let's get the table cleaned off. Wow, you got to watch what you say. It's like, let's clean the Oh, it's just trashed it off on the floor. I'm not saying you should do that. I don't want to turn your life into a train wreck, but somehow orderly say, get things in order so that you can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The high calling of God is to recognize and appreciate the grace of God in others. Now, I think, go back to the book of Philippians, Paul mentions two people here. Now, these people time and eternity we don't know who they are what they were but he gives some information about them that is kept in the minds of everybody from now until eternity one of them was Epaphroditus the other one was Timotheus now, we don't know Epaphroditus but he's in He's God has put him down there forever and ever and ever and ever And why for? He says, I, I want you to appreciate, look what it says in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 19. He says, but I trust in the Lord to send unto you, to you shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know of your state. For he says, I, for I have no man like-minded who will nationally care for your state. means God put somebody in these these individuals' lives if they weren't there there would be be a great hole now listen I have been guilty of not appreciating people in my life and those people have gone on to be with the Lord I think of the guy that led me to Christ. I didn't appreciate it. Now I do. I think of another man that sent me through a master life course. I was talking to somebody just recently because he was talking about discipleship. He wasn't the best Christian in the world, but he took aside one day a week, for I don't know how many weeks, and he discipled me. I learned verses. Memorize verses went soul winning. Spend some time in prayer. God put a person in my life. To help. When we elevate those people to the place and status that they need to be, I guarantee you. I promise you. You will benefit. The high calling of God is to recognize and appreciate the people that God has put in your life because God says there's certain people, there's nobody like that that's ever going to be in your life like that again. Kids, it's not hard for you to recognize who that person is or persons. you got a mom and a dad, and by the way, you will never, ever, in all of your life, have a greater advocate, generally, than mom and dad. That's why God says in that fifth commandment, "Honor, honor." Why? Because they're going to teach. They're, I can't. I, even the worst parent wants the best for their kids. Man, they're going to do everything. That's why this accountability thing is—you're signing off. You're getting them to help me sign off on and make sure they're doing their devotion. Nobody else is going to care for them like that. Care for you like that. Take your Bibles. Look in verse number 2 of Philippians. Verse number 2. It says, Fulfill ye my joy at be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. So you need to take that person that God has put in your life and make yourself have be like-minded. Say, they're trying to get across something to me. I need to pay attention to it. You look in the testimony of Paul with Timothy in verse 22. He says, but you know the proof of Him. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 22. But you know the proof of Him that as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. How many of you think that Paul appreciated Timothy? Man, I'm sure glad God put that calling in your life. I'm sure glad you're high, got you this high calling, and you're paying attention, Timothy. Because man, you have been a blessing. Look at Epaphroditus, verse 25. Yet I suppose... It necessary to send unto you Epaphroditus, my brother, companion in labor, fellow soldier, and your messenger. And he ministered to my wants, for he longed after you all. Now listen to what what bothered Epaphroditus. Talk about like-mindedness. Look what bothered him. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that he he had heard that he had been sick. Why would that bother him? He was so much into them and Paul. Don't worry about me. God's going to take care of me. I don't want you to waste your time thinking about me. I know people like that. Selfless. And yet, (laughs) man, what are you doing? I am concerned about you. Look at verse 30 and let's read it together. The Bible says, Epaphroditus. Why should we recognize and appreciate? The Bible says, because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service. a lot of good things here, folks. What a high calling we have. The (coughs) last... But the last thing we have. High calling on God to recognize and appreciate His righteousness. Look down in verse chapter 3 and verse number 9. And be found in Him. That's a big phrase, folks. Found. Wouldn't you like to always be found doing the right thing? Right? God's watching. Right? Doesn't the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to find those whose hearts are perfect toward him? Wouldn't it be great, uh, Mohan, just a whenever God looked down and see Mohan busy doing God's work? And he looked into Mohan's mind, or he into my mind, and he says, Boy, every thought he got is on me. Every, every idea that he has is on me. To recognize and appreciate his righteousness. Listen, it's the heart of God, the mind of God that wants you to have that kind of spirit. I heard the Sunday school teacher talking this morning about this, the Spirit of God. That's the earnest of your salvation. He gives you His Spirit. And when you're walked, He says, if we have His Spirit, we're to walk in His Spirit. If you're walking in His Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're going to do what is right for your kids. You're going to do what's right for your husband or your spouse. You're going to do what's right with your neighbors. You know, you begin to just appreciate not just His righteousness, but you begin to appreciate everything of God. I appreciate the weather. I appreciate uh, people that I, I have a lady that I've bowing her grass for out there at the park. Same age as my mom. And I don't know why, but God's given me a love for some the folks. They're no, they're so different than me. They're they're what they have, but somehow God has given me a, a love for them. Listen, that's not me. That's not me. I know what it is. It's Christ working in me. Look what the Bible says. Verse number nine of chapter number three. To be found in him not having mine own righteousness was of the law, which is but that which is through faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. Take your Bible. We're about done. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Look with me, if you will. Verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel that they might be saved. For I bear them record that I have a zeal, of, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness. I gave this verse to my mom, by the way. have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness." That's a lost person he's talking about that. That's the Jews. You mean you get saved. You get up in the morning and say, God, not my will. But thy will be. We get up in the morning and say, I always have time to pray. We get up in the morning and say, God there's people in my life who've put it at a loss that I have a I have a I have a desire to witness to them. Not my righteousness am I going to be talking about, but yours. Why? Why? Verse ten. It's worth reading and reading and reading again that I may know him. No. When I submit myself to the righteousness of God, that I may know Him. You want to be acquainted with who Christ is. You want to see Him every day in your life. Then you submit yourself to what His plan, His purpose You're going to do it not in your strength, you're going to do it in his. That I may know him. The fellowship of his suffering. Know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. Let me ask you. I'm all done. When you reach the high calling of God, serve. I I, I feel like when when you say to serve, I feel like there's a blanket of kind of cool air that kind of comes over your spirit. It ought to be just the opposite. I've been called to reach the high calling to serve. I'm going to reach the high calling of God to serve. I get to serve. The privilege to serve. Yes, You're saved, right? Let's says, Pastor, I'm saved. Well, raise your hand. I'm saved. I admit it. I'm saved. I'm born again. I come to know Christ as my Savior now. <laughs> what are you asking for? Press toward the mark. Get up and put these things. I, 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 I'm going to put them in the bulletin one of these days when I figure out how to do it. Put these lists of things that Paul gave the church of Philippi. Man, this is the high calling of God. I'm going to strain and stretch. I'm going to be, I'm going to, they're going to know me. That's all I know and want to do. Is reach that high calling. I hope that's you. I hope that's you. Clear the table, set up the high corner. Say, God, by the grace of God, I'm going to reach you. Stands with we And the Father, <clears throat> we need your help. Lord, I, I, I want your hand. The vote and vote, not as an emotional response, Father, but the uh, personal